In our gospel reading today, we heard Matthew summing up Jesus' ministry. Until ninth chapter, Jesus was running the ministry all by himself. Now Matthew is summing up. After it is being summed up, uh, Jesus uh, now appointing 12 disciples to go and uh, take the message, the message of his kingdom to, the, uh, to others. So in this uh, context, I thought I will raise three points very quickly, and then let's see what we can learn. Now, the first thing that I want to bring before you is, Jesus' ministry is inclusive and holistic. Inclusive and holistic. He went about all the cities and villages. That is to the big, populous, important places, but also he went to the villages, to the smaller, humbler country uh, towns. Combination of both cities and villages show how thoroughly, how thoroughly he went about. It is something like to the villagers, a city preacher coming and preaching. And to the city dwellers, it's a person coming from village, uh, a village preacher coming and preaching to us. Lot of excitement. He went about preaching the gospel to everyone. Every person was included. I don't know how bravely Matthew could say all the cities, all the villages. That means he has got no problem with any city. Samaria is fine. Judea is fine. Even uh, Jerusalem is fine. Uh, the Gentile territories are fine. He went all uh, uh, villages and cities and preach the gospel. At one point, Herod sent a message to Jesus saying uh, that he should go away from that place. It was in the place, it was in Galilee. But Jesus responded and said, Pharisees came and brought this message from Herod. But Jesus looked at the Pharisees and said, my work will continue. Go and tell him that I'm going to work today tomorrow and the day after only I am going to wind up the work here and move forward. If he wants to do anything, let him do. I am here for three days. In other words, all his work went according to the plan and it was inclusive. Nobody could threat his, uh, threat, uh, nobody could threaten him. Now his method of ministry is also mentioned in this passage, preaching, teaching and healing threefold ministry. Uh, his ministry can be summed up in these three. Uh, preaching, proclamation of the uh, uh, kingdom. Um, repent, the kingdom of God has come. Uh, the kingdom of God has come near. He preached that powerfully. Um, he called people 
to uh, repent uh, and he was showing the way to the people it's something like pointing finger preacher preacher does what pointing the finger saying that this is the way you should be going he preached and he was a teacher teaching jesus taught them through parables sat with them taught them answering questions jesus method of teaching is asking questions or allowing people to ask questions and he would answer those questions around 217 questions were either raised by others or jesus himself raised that's the method he taught them about the uh, kingdom uh, through his teaching he extinguishes the fire of ignorance uh, uh, from the minds of his disciples uh, he never ignored a question he received it and he beautifully answered or he might have given answer in a different way then finally healing that's a physical healing he heals all diseases uh, some scholars are of the opinion saying that these three are impossible for a person to do anything. Born blind, can anyone open the eyes of born blind? Jesus did that. Uh, it's, it's a kind of a eye transplantation. Uh, new eyes have come. Jesus did that. He opened the eyes of born blind. And Jesus cleansed the lepers again. A total transformation took place in their bodies. The skins, uh, skins were eaten, and now he cleansed the lepers. That means he uh, restored their skin. And then raising uh, a person from the dead, raising uh, dead people to life. These three things, nobody can do it. And Jesus did that. He, is, uh, he brought healing, healing to people. So his ministry, is summed up in these three words preaching teaching and healing when we talk about uh, the, uh, jesus ministry he came as uh, uh, as a solution to all the problems of the world he came as a savior of the world uh, his ministry is holistic he is not going to address only one area of the life he is going to address all areas of your life it's something like this uh, um, you know he is going to touch your mental emotional spiritual physical psychological social economical uh, uh, area and when he comes into your life you are going to see uh, 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 these areas are addressed and you are uh, indeed transformed to be a, a well uh, uh, being now he brings this holistic mission to us but we are in a world where we talk about compartmentalization we talk about specialization one uh, area only you can address not the other area that's how we look at it when I was uh, working for a diocese in India, uh, the church, uh, the diocese has got uh, evangelistic ministry. Around 10 evangelists were placed in a particular village, a particular area to preach the gospel. The diocese also has got social work. That means uh, 
building roads or building uh, uh, schools and uh, uh, building toilets, all that social work. For social work, they had funding, funding from outside. For this evangelistic work, they did not have funds. So these two workers could not work together because at some area they you know the social work they have got a lot of funds and the workers won't respect uh, the evangelist and the evangelists have got their own problems to work with them so the diocese came up with a beautiful idea that okay we will evangelist you work in this area social workers you work in this area they divided the uh, ministry uh, and they divided the area according to uh, the projects that they had I was the one who raised voice and said, nothing doing, we, we shouldn't be doing that. Gospel is the one who is going to transform the society. Gospel is the one which is going to transform the people. Whatever social work you do, that has to be with the gospel. Jesus comes with that. He comes addressing the entire being, entire uh, 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 human being. He is not only interested in one area. He is alone able to do that. So let's not uh, think about, yes, Jesus can only solve this problem, then Jesus cannot solve that problem. No, he is, his ministry is holistic and he wants our full well-being. Now, the second point that I want to make is Jesus' ministry is driven by his compassion. His compassion. When he saw crowds, he had compassion, compassion on them. Now, this particular word, compassion, is a, a, a difficult word. The disciples saw in Jesus a kind of emotion which they could not explain. Whenever Jesus confronted a human need, he was moved with compassion. He was moved a kind of a strange uh, uh, face that they saw in Jesus. And they could not come up with the right word. They tried. They tried to coin that word. A strange emotion. In, in the Old Testament also we have got a similar problem. We have a word called hesed. Hesed is a Hebrew word which is which, no, which, which has got no equivalent in any language. So the English translators struggled with that word. And that's why in some Bible, you know, you, you will have, you know, in this particular word, hesed, you can say that it is love plus faithfulness plus kindness. All three you have to put together. That's the reason in English Bibles, we have got, um, and this particular word hesed is translated as unfailing love, steadfast love, loyal love, faithful love, and the famous word uh, that we commonly use is loving kindness, love and kindness coming together. Even in the Old Testament, we have the similar problem. Now Jesus is moved within himself. He was, whenever he saw a need he was not able to uh, sorry he, he he expressed it in a different form which the disciples were not able to put it in words 
I, I, I remember uh, in, in Bangladesh uh, in 1994, I met with a Swedish couple. This Swedish couple uh, came some 15, 16 years ago to Bangladesh and they adopted two girls, newborn uh, Bangladeshi girls. And then they went back to Sweden. Uh, now they are in their teens, 15, 16, I remember. They brought these girls back. This is a uh, second time their visit to Bangladesh, but now with two of their own girls, adopted girls. Well, these girls came and they stayed in the same uh, guest house where I stayed. So uh, one of them, uh, the mother was speaking uh, English, so I was able to converse. And the mother was saying that now I want these girls to see where they are from. I want to see that these girls have a feel of where they were born. But the moment the girls arrived at Bangladesh, they were unwilling to go out. They could not see the crowds. They could not see their uh, uh, place, uh, the people's uh, lifestyle there. They could not digest. They were disturbed. And they told the parents that, let's go back. Let's go back. It's a, this is what sometimes the biblical uh, translations they use that Jesus had that kind of a pity, that kind of a sympathy. I don't think so. It's a very strange behavior that we see in Jesus. They came up with a word called compassion, but I don't think compassion is the right word. That could be something more. Whenever Jesus saw a human need, he was moved. The compassion, the word from Greek is uh, splaknon, which means inward being. So from splaknon's compassion, the word came uh, splaknizomai, which means compassion. Jesus was moved within, moved within. A strange emotion. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion. When he saw the crowd sitting with him for three days, he said, I have compassion for these people. I cannot send them hungry. Feed them. He fed them. And when he saw two blind men coming to him, asking for healing, Jesus had compassion on them, touched them. <laughs> and open their eyes. That's recorded in Matthew. A leper, a one who had leprosy, he came to Jesus, knelt down before him and said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was moved with compassion. He went and touched him while he was still having leprosy. And he said, yes, I'm willing you be clean. Many such uh, incidences. Once Jesus entered a village called uh, Nain, as he entered, he saw a procession, a funeral procession. They were about to take uh, a man, uh, a dead man, away from the village to bury him. Jesus was moved with compassion. He went to the mother and said, do not cry. And he went and raised the man from the dead, from, from death. What we see is that a strange uh, habit. God alone has that habit. 
If you look at the Bible uh, in the New Testament, there are 12 times this word comes. All the time it refers to Jesus. It refers to Jesus. Jesus also used this word compassion in his parable. And that is God's love for us. Paul, in his writing, he says that we should have that compassion of Christ. And he says that I want to long, I want to look forward to meeting you. I have the affection of uh, uh, Christ's compassion. And this is being taught to us that we have to have the compassion of Christ in us. That emotion we should have. It is not uh, this particular compassion that we are talking. This compassion is not going to see in a person's, uh, you know, when, when Jesus saw uh, people uh, in big number, the big crowds, uh, he was moved with compassion uh, because they were helpless. They were harassed. They were sheep uh, uh, without shepherd. So uh, what we see here is Jesus looked first their helplessness before saying that they are sinful. He looked at them with compassion. That's what we need to be having. Now, uh, <clears throat> last week uh, we read this Bible words in which Jesus said, those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I love mercy, not sacrifice. I, for I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. He said, go and learn what this means. I love mercy, not sacrifice. Jesus has come not demanding sacrifice. He's not asking us to come up with uh, thanksgiving offer tree, uh, sorry, uh, offerings or uh, burnt offerings. He has not come with asking uh, 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 sacrifices. He has not come with the list of rules for us to follow him. Not sacrifices. But I have come to show God's love. I desire mercy. I have come to show the love of God. That's my mission. That's what Jesus is doing through his compassion. He is always available, willing to go any extent, opening his arms, inviting people, always embracing, always accepting, always receiving, never rejecting anyone. People chose to go away from him. What we learn in the third point, yes, now Jesus has set the model before them. How, what kind of a ministry I'm doing and what is driving me to do this ministry? He has set that before him and he said, now I need people to go out. I need people to do my work. And he is very clearly saying, what to do first, where to go, uh, what to do in your work, how to do it, and if you face opposition, how to handle. 
Very beautifully, this is said in chapter 10. He has done everything until chapter 9, and he has showed uh, uh, what kind of a ministry he was doing. And they have seen it. They have seen his passion, his compassion. And now he is saying that you have to do it like this. Pray that the um, God of the harvest may send his workers into his harvest field. Pray. No, I, I remember um, my time as a, a missionary. I went at the age of 20. Uh, when I first started, I joined with an organization, and the organization did not give me any training at all. <laughs> Unfortunate. Uh, they put me three years in a village because I was not confirmed. They said uh, only confirmed candidates can work in our organization, so you need to be confirmed. These three months are given join a local church, be confirmed, and then we will send you. So I had to stay in that village for three months, and that I consider as a training. That's not the way Jesus is doing. Before sending, before selecting 12 disciples, he is giving them a model. This is the way you are going to do ministry. <laughs> he sends them. He sends them back to go. Of course, in Matthew Gospel, he sent 12 disciples to Israel, to his own people, the lost people of Israel. But that's not the case. In Luke, when you read, he, sent, he selected 70 people, and two by two, he sent all of them ahead. Uh, uh, he sent all ahead of them. And, uh, uh, of course, he said very clearly, uh, how to do ministry. You have received it freely and now you are going to give it freely. Remember the compassion. And then he also said, when you face opposition, do not dwell on that, move on. Move that place and go to the next. He wants us to do this work. He is not asking his angels to do this work. Can angels do this work? Angels were employed uh, uh, to bring the message of Jesus' birth. In the infancy narrative of our Lord Jesus, uh, you see angels coming and going and announcing. Can this message be given to angels that they can go and preach the good news? How can they do that? Can they sing the song, Amazing Grace, how sweet that sound that saved a wretched man like this? Can they sing? We are the ones we have received the forgiveness. We are the ones who have received the love of God. And we are the ones who have to go and, uh, uh, and, and preach the gospel. Angels can open the gates of the prison. Angels can close the uh, mouth of lions. Angels can do that. But preaching the gospel is given to us in our hands. We need to be going and we need to be uh, speaking. He needs people. One of the things that I'm increasingly seeing in my life is this, as I grow old, 
I notice that we don't have enough preachers. We don't have enough good pastors, good preachers, good evangelists. Where are those good evangelists? Where are those good preachers? The call is coming to us. How are we responding? I want to finish with this illustration. Uh, this illustra illustration is about uh, body builders. Please do not uh, 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 take it otherwise. Uh, please do not think that I am against body builders. Uh, uh, this is uh, just an illustration. Once a body uh, builders competition took place, and uh, when the bodybuilders competition came to an end, um, uh, one person was declared elect, uh, selected or winner. Uh, uh, and uh, once he was announced, everybody ran to him uh, to ask questions. One of the uh, persons who wanted to ask question was, uh, it, it came to him very closely and said, Sir, you have solid, shining, well-shaped muscles. What are you going to do with that? He could not answer. So he, he, he did not answer to that question, but he was answering to other questions. But this lady did not leave him. What are you going to do with your muscles? He showed his back and some more muscles, he walked away. We Christians are like this. We are solid people. We have 2000 years of history. We have wonderful family background. I don't think any other religion has got uh, this kind of history. Our theology is solid. Many good thinkers have articulated well. We are solid people, well-muscled people. What are we doing? May the dear Lord help us and make us his true and effective witnesses. God bless us all. Amen.